Welcome to the Circuit Clouds podcast, the official podcast of United League Baseball, purveyors of fine fake baseball since 1951 or 2003. Let's move on to the West. Florida Flamingos. Game has them 12 games worse than Keystone at 53. They're projected to go 53 and 107, dead last in runs, third worst pitching. So Pete, are there any strengths on Florida and what was uh, what was Joe's strategy in the in the in the rookie draft as far as you can discern? So the strength is Frank Thomas, right? He was the one like legit superstar, actually him and Tomlin. So I guess there were two legit superstar picks in this draft and he got one of them in Frank Thomas. He's mostly developed. Um, I'm not even sure he's worth starting. It may be worth trying to race to the bottom and just get the number one pick again because on his own, he still can't carry that lineup. Again, Glenn may have all-time stats, but just looking at this lineup, I get the gut feel it might be the worst lineup in the league, if not ever. It just, there's nobody else in the lineup. I mean, Parrish was great a couple of years back, but that's long gone. And then I don't even recognize half the other guys as ever being full-time UL starters. So I think the lineup is going to be terrible. Uh, The pitching has Viola and then really nobody else. He's got Kevin Gross, which is going to be interesting. I I let him go because when I sent him down from the majors, I got one of those notes where the rest of the team thanked me for removing him from the team. So (laughs) that was was the reason I didn't resign him. So I'm curious how he's going to do in a full-time role. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's not much to say about the pitching. Stan Belinda is pretty good. He may actually be good trade bait because I, I haven't built a, a brand new team, but if I was starting one, I wouldn't start with the closer and the first baseman, but Frank Thomas, you had to take Stan Belinda to me is good trade bait while you build out the rest of the team. Uh, the defense is not terrible. Um, and then he's got a couple guys, Kelly Gruber and Kurt Stillwell that aren't in the starting lineup that I think you can take a shot on shot at and see if they either develop or just do better than the current guys out there in the minors. He's got Bernard Gilkey who is looking pretty good. He's a couple of years away, but he looks pretty good. Um, and that that's about it. So seems like it's a, a team. There's a couple guys like Brian Harvey that could be great. His potential ratings are good, but his actual ratings aren't there yet. So there's there's some ammo on the team, but definitely this is a hundred loss team at the moment. So here's a question for you. Uh, he's got um, 33 guys on his roster on minimum on minimum contracts, which has got I think that's an all time record. I think Keystone had has 28, so 33. So literally two thirds of his roster is on minimum. So clearly he's trying to save some money. But then why Lance Parrish? 8.5 million. Lance Parrish is making more than like 20 guys combined. Like, and he's not that he's not that good. So what's the theory of going after a 32-year-old catcher who's declining, who's 8.5 million? And he's signed, he's also locked in for two years. He's through 91. I, I think it was probably more of a, a financial decision on Lance's part, like take this guy off my off my plate and mm-hmm. I'll throw in this gal. I think it was and, a second round pick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and he clearly I, has space I, for it because he has 17 million of cap space. Right. But I think what happened, well, I don't think I know. Um, Parrish has been downgraded a lot, but he's even downgraded again since the trade. So yeah. I feel like 
you probably thought, oh, I'm getting a good defense, good power catcher. Yeah, it's eight million, but look, he's he's very popular, so that'll probably boost my fan interest, and he'll you know might offset right some of the expense. And and having a mashing catcher is valuable. I don't care what, right? But then, but then he gets downgraded. Oh, oh, but also, but in the trade, he got other guys. And one of those guys was Omar Vizquel, who like, you know, one or two years ago, we were calling like the steal of the draft. Vizquel right, has also right. been downgraded. So that's the reason why I'm sure the reason why Lance was willing to let him go. Right. But, but I mean, I could at least see from Joe's point of view, it's like, okay, I get a mashing catcher. And I get Vizquel, but then mm-hmm. they get downgraded again. And now you're like, oh, dude, I just, you know, this totally sucks. That would be my well, theory. And, and he didn't really give up anything, right? So there's only so much cash we're allowed to accumulate. It's not one of those leagues where you can just keep accumulating cash. So I probably figured he's going to max out his cash anyway. So I pick up this catcher that will bring in some fans. He's got the leader quality. So he's got his captain for his team. Maybe Omar Vizquel takes an upgrade, and now he's decent shortstop. I mean, there there really just isn't that much to lose when you have cap space, and you're not gonna. It's not like you're losing cash over it. Yeah, and he also got uh, Ken Hill and Dave Hollins. And Dave Hollins isn't bad. I mean, he's six power, eight eye, first baseman, twenty three years old, hasn't fully developed yet. Switch hitting first baseman. So I, I think there was just not much to lose. Okay, so moving on, our next team in the West at uh, coming in at number eight is Lancey's team, Havana Leones. Last year, Havana was 72 and 90. They've just never gained traction. Um, they've kind of been mired at the bottom of the league uh, since they started in 84. Their offense did improve quite a bit last year. They've moved up seven spots from 14th to 7th. Um, he's got David Justice. And Mike Bordick, a couple of rookies busted into the lineup. So, Glenn, you had Havana. So, hang on, hang on. So, okay, I didn't know. Sorry, I didn't know I had Havana. So, I didn't know <laughs> that. But I have actually talked to Lance a lot about his team because we talked about his team um, around expansion. So, so Lance likes to compete. And even if you just go back to when the, the birth of the franchise in 84, you know, he lost the coin toss, right? He lost the coin toss for good. And instead had a shot to draft Clemens, but he ended up trading that pick. And so what, you know, what he basically did was he tried to compete from the beginning. So where he's at today is he's basically got a team that has, he just hasn't ever been able to make the playoffs. And he's always kind of been, because he wants to compete, he's not also not able to get great picks. If you look at his draft, I think the highest he's ever picked outside of that first year is he's picked fourth. Fourth got him Cal Daniels, and fourth got him uh, Shane Mack. So those are his two his two best players, right? But it's just not enough, right? It's not enough elite guys. Contrast with yeah. Toronto, where Toronto just you know a won the coin toss, he got the first pick, he got good, and then he's just sucked and sucked and sucked. And so like some of those years that we're talking about. Um, you know, he picked right ahead of Lance. Like he, he yeah. picked um, Alice Burks, like right before Lance got Shane Mack. So, and Burks is like an MVP, right? So, so just just to jump in here to go back to the very beginning, that, that trade you talked about, I just yeah. looked it up. Yeah, Clemens yeah. was the number. He, he traded the he he basically uh, traded down. He had the two pick, and he figured, yes. okay, I'm going to trade the two pick. Yes, he traded yes. a two and a two and an eighteen 
for a four, a four and an eleven. So the, yes. the two was the two was Clemens, the four was Mark Langston. So at the time, there wasn't that much of a difference. Lang- Langston has languished, right? Yep. He's no, no, he, he started out he's awesome. Imploded. Yeah, he yeah. started out awesome, and he's just been smoked ever since. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had one one good year, and he's had a losing record ever since. So Langston started out awesome. Six war. He, I'm looking right now. He had a six war season, like right. But then he's been downgraded into oblivion. Also, Lance had Mark Davis. He had Candelaria. Those are both guys that traded him. Sweet lefty starters. Both of them injured and downgraded and no longer on his team. He drafted Guzman, downgraded. He traded for Sid Fernandez. He never developed, right? So so he's just had like this wasteland of pitchers, just this absolute wasteland of pitchers. And, but he's like bottom half, but intriguing. But once again, you're kind of in that, well, you're the, you're the bottom half guy that's not really able to bust out. And so here I have them. Uh, the the bottom three teams in the West by my measure now, Florida, Seattle, and Havana. And of course, Seattle, we don't need to talk about, you know, I always undercount them. So so that would put him as the second worst team, if you assume Seattle's better. He's second worst team in the West, six from the bottom overall. So so again, he's nowhere near a top pick, right? So he's nowhere near being able to like reboot the franchise. And he, and with, he, you he know, doesn't have much of a, isn't that much of a farm either. He's got Orlando Merced, Who's the 16th rated prospect, and his next best is Omar Olivares, who's 44th. So he he's got there's not a lot coming up through the farm system either. Yes, that's exactly right. However, he does have Justice. So he has David Justice and um, Mac and Daniels are both young. They're still like 24, 25. Those guys are elite level players. At least the, those three guys, right? Um, Daniels, Mac, and, and Justice, assuming he gets there. So so again, he could be excellent in that sense. But the nut that he has to crack somehow is the pitching. And the, and the other thing I would just say is that Lance, kind of, if you think about certainly before the, the break, Lance was like what Vase is now. Lance could trade you. He could look at your team, pick a guy off your team, and then turn around and trade him for something else that he needed that was better or whatever. So he, he could do anything he wanted in the trade market. But for whatever reason, since the restart, or at least in recent years, you know, he's got a girlfriend slash wife and a house and a job. And <laughs> yeah, what a, what a loser. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's, he's a fake baseball loser, right? He's a he's real yeah. world winner. He's like a real, fake real life. Loser. Real life has intervened. Yeah. Real life is messing up his fake baseball. That's all I'm saying. That's a crying shame. Okay, and the last thing I'll say is just that he is massively the one thing he did to, again, ton of trades. We kind of talked about in Florida, right? He got rid of Paris, he got rid of guys that we thought were Omar Vizquel, guys we thought were going to be great, but were on these like two million rookie contracts or one and a half million rookie mm-hmm. contracts. So, so he's just shed a ton of money. So, moral of the story is you know, his, his payroll's tiny, his cap space is huge. So, I mean, I feel like he's setting up for the future. But he has to solve the pitching problem. So I don't know how he's gonna, you know, get around that over time. He's gotta get this real life stuff sorted out. <laughs> right, saying. right. He's gotta sort out what do I need a job for? I gotta sort my fake baseball team. Yeah, I mean, so at this point, the question, and it's a rhetorical question, unless someone has the answer, is you either tank and you draft some pitching, or you go, I'm gonna trade my next two draft, draft uh, rounds. And just go get pitching, right? I mean, you can get 19, 20 rated pitchers for first round picks and second round picks. 
So he can try to ride this offense and go go out there and get three decent start. You know, they're not good in, but three decent starters and see if that works. Now, if that doesn't, then you have no picks and you have no team. So he can either go all in or wait it out. That That is the other option, right? He's got, he can stick with Vince Coleman and either trade Mac or Cal Daniels and go get legit pitching. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, our number seven team is San Francisco. I recall they were pretty good last year, 84 and 78, tied for seventh overall, the first winning season in a while. Pitching was much improved. They jumped from 11th to 5th in pitching. Uh, the BNN has them rated to win 77 this year. So I had San Francisco, so I'll go ahead and start. Um, the strengths, obviously, it's the pitching. Um, they were 5th last year. They're projected 6th this year. They had two 15-game winners, and that's not even counting their ace, Jose De Leon, who had an off year. Uh, this Hibbard guy. Greg Hibbert, 18 and 7, and Walt Terrell, 15 and 10. So his starting pitching was really good. His bullpen is solid. Um, he also has, lest you think it's just a pitching team, he has arguably one of the best infields in the league. He's got Mark Grace, the number two first baseman. He's got Larkin, who's the number four shortstop, and Akendo, the number six second baseman. And that leads us to his offseason. So the one the one gap in his infield was third base. So he goes out and gets uh, Travis Fryman uh, with his first round pick. So um, he's done a good job kind of identifying the gaps, the weaknesses. Well, obviously that leaves the, the out, the outfield might, if the infield is one of the best in the league, the outfield is pretty clearly one of the worst in the league. Rob Deere is a one trick pony at 36 home runs, but I think he had like 200 strikeouts and he hit 211. Uh, so his war is only 2.1. Uh, he got Devon White, who's a speedy defensive guy, but he hit 187, had a negative war. Um, so I don't think he didn't really do much to address the uh, the outfield weakness. And then another weakness, this might be a minor one, but it may be significant in some close games or down the stretch. Um, all six of his relievers are, are righties. Another thing I wanted to point out, if you look at his system, his he has three Three top 20 prospects. Tommy Green's a starter. Travis Fryman, who I just mentioned, the third baseman. And then the starting pitcher, Pete Harnish. So only one of these guys was was a first-round pick, and that was Travis Fryman, who he took in the first round this year. Tommy Green was a, the 39th pick, but he's rated now as the 14th overall prospect. Pete Harnish, in a previous year, was the 36th pick, and he's now the 19th overall prospect. So talk about finding hidden gems. I don't know if this is an element of luck to this, or he just has a knack for finding, finding guys that, you know, that slip down in the, the later rounds that turn into top prospects. So overall, so the game has them winning 77. I think that seems a, a, a little low they, since they won 84 last year and they seem pretty much to be turning, returning mostly the same team. I think it's more realistic. They'll be closer to 500, uh, but probably uh, they've, just don't have enough horses to uh, to get them into the, the contender zone. I mean, I think Jeff always drafts well, right? I think every one of these pods, we say, man, dude, you nailed it with that pick. So um, whether or not, you know, these guys have gotten upgrades like Tommy Green, I mean, he's kind of owed it, right? After the Pedro Guerrero fiasco or the Daryl Strawberry fiasco, he's, he's owed some upgrades, you know? 
And also, I like Devon White. I frankly, I love Devon White. I love all those guys that are like you know nine or ten range center fielders. Two forty three OBP is kind of hard to swallow. That is, that is. <laughs> but if you're gonna have one spot, uh, you know, if you're gonna have one spot where you're, yeah, I mean, he, he can kind of afford it, right? Because his Barry Larkin is short and a Kendo at second. Yeah. I mean, again, I, we talked same thing last year. Other than Manhattan, I think I would rather have I would have this guy's you know up the middle second base shortstop you know yeah and to be fair he 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 way underperformed he hit uh, two seventy the year before so he should be yeah. hitting around two fifty two sixty yeah I mean he's a six contact guy he's not going to hit one eighty seven forever yeah yeah and five I so I mean his yeah. OBP should be okay he'll be fine. All right, let's move on. Number six in the West, according to the game, is the Denver 14ers. Uh, They've been um, on the verge of competing. Last year, they were in first place overall for a stretch there, and then just complete meltdown and ended up ninth overall. Well, actually, I see one of your strengths, believe it or not, is the rotation. Uh, Mason got a nice bump. He looks like a legitimate ace. Um, but the thing is, there's no big studs there, but there's no real duds either. So it's going to be a respectable rotation one through five. Going to come down to, I think, Russell, if he decides to show that he's not showing his age, right? I don't know if he's going to come through. It's going to be up to him. But otherwise, you got Schultz, you got Thorms, Thorms Guard, whatever his name is, backing him up, right? And you got the thing is, you got all these are stacked with ground ball pitchers, which is, I'm sure, by design because of your next strength, which is the up the middle defense with Ozzy and Tony Fernandez and Javier, probably the best center fielder defensively in the game. And uh, Tettleton a little weak behind the plate, but you got Karkovice there to, to help him out. Uh, see another strength of this team is the bench, right? You got Cruz and Jeltz, Peters, all switch hitting guys. They got some good gloves in there. You got speed. Like they're they're very versatile. It's a very versatile team. Got Polonia sitting on the bench, who sh- who would be a, a leadoff guy for ten other teams. Um, so I, I like Brooke Jacoby. And then one word strength is uh, Sixto. I mean, you got you just I just love that guy. He's probably one of the more exciting players in the league. Um, as far as weaknesses. I'm going to say the bullpen with one caveat is that you've got Burke who's out for a month. So the first month is going to be rough. Harris is kind of untested as a closer. And plus you kind of need that guy to mop up middle innings. So you're going to be missing that for the first month. So it'll be interesting to see. Plus I think your schedule is a little tight, a little tough that first month. So it'll be interesting to see where that lands. Um, Also, maybe not as much power in the lineup as you would expect for a team like this and for, you know, to take advantage of that rarefied atmosphere. So, I, I mean, I like Bradley, Gaetti, Kemp up the middle, but, and Will Clark, obviously, but um, yeah, it seems like there should be more power here. Uh, morale wise, you got Captain Fernandez, mostly well-mannered guys. Julio Cruz is kind of a punk, but I don't think one guy messes up the equation. I think the one thing, the worst thing about this team is you're suffering from an affliction that a lot of us are. I think that it's not that we have a bad team or that it isn't even a good, that it's a good team. It's just that everybody else is so much better. 
<laughs> so it's it's hard to it's hard it's going to be hard to win. Uh, as far as prospects, yeah, I don't see a single one. <laughs> Jerome Walton was my one guy. <laughs> Jerome Walton, that, yeah, that was the thing. Um, uh, Walton, yeah, Austin Mocker, John Mitchell, yeah. like those were your best prospects, and they got away. So, uh, so, there, so that's by design as well, right? So, I don't know, you guys remember for years, my goal was to get to the number one on the prospects table, right? It's like, let's just build, <laughs> build a bunch of that. Was the that was the standings table that I was looking at? It was like, I wanted the number one system. And then I got there. Tony Fernandez was probably in there. Um, Swift, you know, so, so half the guys I've kept and the other half I've kind of traded off. And the reason that the cupboard is bare is because I've literally, I've, I've, shot my load i'm like i I, I'm, I was i was all in for 88 and 89 and that's why i think i've peaked because i don't really have there's not so if you remember in 88 i was in i was in really good shape and then i lost my best pitcher my best hitter and my best defensive guy i think it was lescano javier and then it might have been Russell or swift something and then last year i was doing great and then i lost um, I traded for Burke, who who for the first three months was literally the best closer in the league. And then he got hurt right on actually on the day before the trading deadline. So I was able to make some late moves. But um, and then I had that late, late collapse and then freaking ended up last place and out of four It's fourth out of four. So it's, you know, it's a little it's a little demoralizing to have you look at this team on paper and then see, oh yeah, I go from first in the whole league tied for you know, a three-way tie with LA and Seattle. And then I don't know what I did at the end. I lost like eight out of 10 or something like that. It just completely collapsed. So that's one reason I haven't made a lot of moves because I feel like, well, I could overreact and be like, okay, I've, you know, it's time to some radical moves, but I still think, you know, like you said, like I, I, I like hearing Charlie describe my team because it makes me feel better <laughs> about like it's, it's I look a at good him, team yes. i yeah, also thought toronto is. had a good defense so yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. no yeah. it's the opposite i can pump yeah. i'm pumping you up bro i have you third <laughs> i have you third in the west and third in the fifth. west okay all right fifth I'll take overall it. dude okay your cool. team is all good right. look at the positional right. rankings look at the positional rankings every position you have right yeah. all your uh, of your position players are in the top half except Catcher. Sixto is 11. Well, okay. Yeah. You know, right field is incredibly deep. But again, Charlie yeah, just yeah. described this guy's a freaking Hall of Fame player. He's still 20 rated. He still plays gold glove defense. And then yeah. Mickey Tettleton. Well, okay. Right. He's a 20 rated catcher with eight power. I mean, come on. Your team is freaking good. Problem is the exact same problem you had last year. All the same teams that you faced last year and finished fourth, they're in this division again. And yeah. add some other tough guys that weren't in your division before. So so you could easily finish third or you could easily finish sixth, right? <laughs> but your team is good, legitimately. All right. Okay, we'll take that. Uh, they're good, but they're not going to do anything. All right. That's a good sum. <laughs> Did I say summary. that? I thought they were legitimately good. I mean, that's no. I'm, I'm saying. saying. I'm. I'm saying. Oh, you're that, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that. Well, yeah. manage expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> Let's just move on <laughs> before I cry in my beer. Um, and I don't even <laughs> have a beer. All right, next, Chicago, number five. Let's see where they were last year. Big leap forward, 25 wins from 62 to 87. They were in the 
they were in the playoff hunt. Just missed. Eight Just seven missed, wins. Yeah. yeah, they were three games back of Seattle for the last playoff spot. So, Pete, you've got the Chicago Colts. The game has them projected to win 82. And again, last year they won 87. So a slight uh, a slight decline. Um, how do you see Chicago? So I, I think they'll take one step backwards this year only because they look like they're starting a bunch of guys that are still undercooked. So the when we do this two or three years from now, if it's the same exact lineup on paper, I'd probably be saying they're going to be competing for one of the top spots. But right now you still got Sheffield undercooked. Uh, Albert Bell is very undercooked. And both those guys are in the starting lineup. You know, they've got enough stats to be in the starting lineup, but they're not what they're going to be when they're fully developed. And they're the four and five hitters. Um, the rotation is good at one, two with Hanson and Mulholland. I think the bottom three are, I'm going to guess league average at best. So Melito Perez is another undercooked guy. He will be much better than he is right now. Uh, Moyer has taken some downgrades and then Robinson, I think overperformed last year and in general is not slated to be that great. The pen is fine. Rob Dibble is great. Montgomery is pretty good after that. It's a little bit shaky. Uh, let's see, getting back to the lineup, they picked up Trammell, so now they're going to have him for a full year, arguably the best shortstop in the game still. So he's a huge benefit. You still have Kruk. Calderon, I don't know if he'll repeat a 7.4 war season. That seemed a little bit high for him, um, but he is he's, you know, he's a legit right fielder. Bottom of the lineup is pretty weak. Bill Spires, Santiago, Lance Johnson – so bottom line is there's a lot of young guys on here that are looking like they're going to be real good. I just don't see it this year yet. So I think they're probably not going to repeat their 87 wins. I'm going to guess they're going to be closer to what the game predicted in 80, 82. And then we'll see how those guys, I think the key to their season is going to be playing these young guys that are undercooked. Is that going to stifle their development or speed it up? If it speeds it up, Maybe they peak at the right time. If it stifles it, that's kind of a long-term problem. All right, let's move on to our number four team, which is uh, the Seattle Rainiers. Last year, Seattle was 90-73, and 73, made the playoffs, fifth best team overall, coming off 93 wins the year before. But obviously under a new GM with Doug Aiton moving on to the expansion Keystone team. So Glenn, tell us about Seattle. Well, I mean, it's hard to be a new GM because you, you don't know, right? You don't know trade values. You don't know the league. I mean, oh, oh, but on the other hand, right? I mean, he could have an edge. He could have advantage because it's the way I understand it. He's in other leagues, right? So he could have experience of 24 and he could have insights gleaned from other leagues or about 24 that we don't have. So he could be at an advantage and he could be playing 3D chess and we don't know it. But, but I mean... What I would say is, you know, as a new guy, it helps to look at, you know, trades that have been made and to ask other GMs in the league second opinions on trades because something you don't you don't know what guys are worth, right? And so you kind of can see from what he's done, he makes trades or he has made trades that he thinks makes sense in isolation, but they may may not make sense overall. So so, for example, he traded away the best closer in the game, got a legitimate, very good young lefty starter, okay, number one. 
but then trades away another lefty starter and then posts. Now I need a starting pitcher. Right. So, so, so again, in isolation, any of those trades might make sense, but if you realize, Oh, but he might not realize he's in a league where starting pitching a 20 rate starting pitcher is really good. And starting pitching is very hard to come by. Right. So, so that's where I think it's hard as the new guy to know what's what, and to come in and start firing. You don't really know. So, um, so that's my theory on being a new to the league with respect to the team, the, the pros, I mean, he still has the best contact team in the game. He still plays in a park that promotes contact. So his offense should absolutely positively be good. He clearly significantly improved the defense by putting Cotto in center and moving McGee from center to right. McGee is a gold glove right fielder, but, um, Iden had been playing him in center so he could play Eisenreich. So Eisenreich is like a one or, you know, two war, all contact, nothing else, right fielder. And for that, he had moved McGee to center. So, so again, I think the new GM, right? Like, okay, fresh set of eyes says, I'm going to take no ratings change you know, offensively, but I'm going to put a gold glove caliber center fielder and a gold glove caliber right fielder. That's a clear improvement. And the other thing that he's clearly done very well is he's really put effort into trimming the payroll and paying attention to finances. And as we've established, like finances in, in any league, the finances in this league in particular are super important. So he has a tiny payroll of, of the decent teams, of the competing teams. He has a decent small payroll, therefore lots of cap space. So I would say those are like the positives. Again, your your cons or your issues are, you traded away the highest rated closer and now you're, uh, you know, Icorn or um, he has another guy who's, who's decent, who could close, but I mean, but they're not, you know, 24 rated, they're 2021 rated. And then the other issue, which is not nothing to do with him, but in the game 24 from the transition, the game just massively, massively downgraded contact all across the board. And so if performance doesn't matter and that's like a cosmetic change, then forget it. He's in great shape. But if not, virtually every single guy he has has a less point of contact. So he he lost eight. Well, he, yeah, there you go. Eight ratings points from his position players alone. And I'm, I guess that's eight points of contact. Every guy went down one. So from nine to eight or eight to seven, you know, but then again, the issue, the real problem that he has is his, he had, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Anderson. I can't remember his first name. He's a lefty starter. He basically got wiped out. He got a ratings wipeout. He was a 20 rated starter. It was like legitimate stud. He's now 17 rated and uh, Robinson also took a downgrade. So, so his staff, I have him four points worse. His, his closer because of the trade four points worse. And again, eight points, you know, all contact off this thing. So his ratings are way lower than they were before. And he gave up three points of war by my calculation. So again, what's, what's three games, right? So if he was 90, we say he was 90 wins last year. You, yeah. you said you had it in front of you. Yeah, yeah, so now you're sitting on 87, and again, yeah. you're in the toughest division, right? Game says 86, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So so I have him on 87, and you're in the, the toughest division. And again, he arguably yeah. could be worse because his pitching's worse, right? Most of the guys he traded away were pretty decent relievers, and his bullpen has suffered. But again, he he did get uh, Ruffin, so that that definitely uh, gives – maybe, maybe getting Ruffin compensates for – 
the downgrades to the caveman and, and Anderson. His whole thing in my theory, same thing with Toronto, right? It's like your offense just rakes. Your offense rakes, so you just need that one closer, the one guy to come in and, and close out the game when you're ahead. And he had that. Like he's, you know, again, he's just had like the best closer in the game for years. But now it's like you're bringing in Icorn. Well, you know, Icorn's good. Don't get me. Oh, I love the guy, right? But, but I mean, his failures, his high-profile failures and blowing <laughs> saves are well done. I love the guy, right? too. Right, right. I mean, there's a reason why Pete was like, yes, you know. So Half the league loves that guy. Exactly, Actually, exactly. He's got, Vic, he's got Victor Cruz slotted in as his closer right now, which, um, yeah, he doesn't have the ratings that, uh, that Icorn does. One of the things that I speculate that he may know about 24 that we don't know is that it's possible that stuff is more important. And the reason why I say that is because if you look at the moves he made, he traded away. We're calling him the best closer, 5-9-10, but five stuff, whereas he acquired, or now you said he's starting a guy with seven stuff, could be that he knows something that we don't know his insight you know his experience with 24 may be giving him some insight that we don't have and the joke could be on me because my entire team is 488 with no stuff and no pitches and i might just get totally slaughtered right and he could crush because he has these high stuff guys right and i traded away icorn which is my highest stuff pitcher right so so it could be that he knows something we don't we shall see all right so let's move on atlanta <laughs> 70, 71 wins last year. They've had a couple of down years after winning 93 back in 1987 with the second best offense last year. They were 10th in offense, 11th in pitching, a distant 13th overall. The game has them jumping way up to 87 wins, which would put them third in the West. So, Charlie, what is, what's up with Atlanta? <clears throat> Why, what's their big area of improvement over last year? Uh, well, I think their big strength right now is the just the star power, Fernando and Quinn and Davis, and now you add Diaz, Hubbard, like and these these are guys that can carry you, right, or prevent you from having ever having tough times, and plus it's you know they're going to generate big crowds, which is always nice and should pump everybody up. Um, that middle of the lineup, there's he's got Davis, McGuire, Stanley, all eight power. And I think McGuire's even slated for nine. So, uh, I mean, that's going to mash. And then Aguayo, even Aguayo is a six. So that's as tough as it gets. You throw in Vaughn versus lefties. That's another seven. He's just going to, he's just going to hit home runs right and left. I mean, the umps are going to get like tennis elbow, right? <laughs> you know, from calling all the <laughs> home run waves. Uh, it's just going to get ugly. And he, this is the guy who traded Horn. It's like, if he had, kept Horner at that third. Anyways, we won't go there. Um, I don't know if this is a strength or a weakness, but again, like Manhattan, he's, he's righty, he's righty heavy, but regardless, he's going to score more than his fair share. The pitching is, is not looking great. There's just too many question marks, right? Too many guys who used to be somebody. You know, Shirley still looks good, but he's getting older. Uh, a couple of young, fresh guys, young, fresh fellows, Tappany and Veras, and they should be uh, living it up in a couple of years. I like the look of those guys. Um, otherwise, the bullpen has Diaz now, and Guante is pretty solid. And Drew Hall is out for a few weeks. He'll perk things up when he gets back. But when those guys are out, it's going to be all, all hands on deck, and it's not going to look good. Uh, the defense, kind of all over the map. 
Uh, Hubbard definitely brings a monster presence up the middle. And plus he's like got that captain stuff going on. So that that's, that's always good. Uh, Stanley's here for his bat, uh, but there's no one really to spell him defensively. Biggio just, man, Biggio just does not want to step up anywhere. So I think that guy's in danger of becoming multi-useless, right? He can play anywhere, <laughs> just just not well. So, uh, you know. He's, it's, he's already uh, there. He's way ahead of you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Davis, I like in the center field, is defensive. And Aguayo at short is, is passable. He just, you know, he's there for his bat, clearly. Also, there's not a lot of backup in AAA waiting in, in case of injury. Um, a ton of offseason moves. Obviously, the, the big one was McReynolds for Butler. But I, I think I'd like to see Butler in that lineup, right? You get you get a t- table setter like that. Um, I think he's got Lankford starting in left, which I think is kind of risky because he's not very well developed. And you don't want to see him get overmatched right off the bat. So it feels to me like if you take you know, uh, Butler and put him in the number two spot, he gets on base, steals base, whatever. And then the next guys just bash him in. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. that's my thought. And then you can move bump wheels just seems out of place at the top of that lineup. Right. To um, me, to me, the big, the big trade was, I think adding Carlos Diaz as a closer yeah. is yeah. just what this team is just what this team needed. And losing Bob Horner was like, that, that's not a great loss at all. He, he's got, no. uh, so I, I think this team is definitely going to improve and 80, 87 wins seems about right. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just thinking in terms of mashing, pure mashing. Like if you added Horner to that lineup, it would just get ugly. So, so the question was whether Atlanta is one of the older teams, especially on the pitching side, it looked like they had quite a few guys on the wrong side of 32, even the wrong side of 35. So we concluded there were six oldest overall, which is not, you know, it doesn't seem horrible, but, um, but their starters are the, third oldest in the league so and not only that i think we established that his back end of the rotation was particularly aged and any other concluding thoughts on atlanta i just think uh fernando's got to win 18 games right and and diaz has to be given opportunities to do his thing but otherwise that offense should carry them pretty far yeah, and I think we also established that his bullpen is better. He must have invested some energy or some money into the bullpen because in the past, I think his middle relievers or long relievers were like, you know, really poor. And that's why he kind of suffered because his starters were kind of, you know, again, the back end starters were kind of suckish. So then that puts pressure on the bullpen. And then he, you know, kind of leads to this like, you know, shitstorm effect. But now he has like pretty good middle relievers and again, the excellent closer. So, um, and I feel like with his lineup, that should make him more competitive. Again, on that model we just talked about where all I do is mash and then I bring in my closer to, you know, at the end, right? Yeah, he added uh, Guante, who is a pretty solid, also setup guy, in addition to Diaz. So that seemed uh, clearly to be one of his focuses in the offseason was to shore up the bullpen. All right, let's move on. Number two in the West again. It's it's, it's always a it's always a toss up between these two teams. But the game has L.A. winning ninety five and St. Louis winning ninety four. So we'll talk about St. Louis, the two time defending champs, first. Um, 
they actually had an, an off year last year, only 98 wins. Uh, but they were the number one pitching team, finally wrestling that title away from L.A. for the first time. Um, but the offense was down a bit from second to fourth. But obviously they won the World Series for the second year in a row. And Pete is going to talk about uh, St. Louis. And again, the main question here is, are there are there any weaknesses and, and can they be exploited? So, so, so we'll, we'll put, put everyone at ease. There are no weaknesses. So there's nothing to exploit. Um, I'm pretty sure St. Louis is going to win the division and, again, make some waves in the playoffs, if not win all, all over again. A um, couple guys took some minor downgrades, but as Glenn mentioned, it looked like a lot of players took downgrades, especially on contact. So I don't know if that's going to really matter. I don't know if overall the team took a, a big enough downgrade to, to help the rest of us out. The lineup is still killer from – basically one through seven with Templeton being the the only guy that's not in there to hit. He's obviously in there to field. Last year was Barra. So it's kind of a, maybe even an upgrade in offense. Um, other than that, it's, it's very much the same returning team. Um, I think the, the only thing that's going to be a little bit more exciting is St. Louis has kind of walked into the playoffs for quite a while. So I know Glenn was holding back the horses a little bit. I don't know if with a competition in a two-division uh, UL, he's going to be able to do that. So we'll see what happens if he gets the horses running full speed for a full season, as it is one of the older, if not oldest teams. So we'll see if that puts enough stress on him. Uh, the starters outside of Whitson are all three and four stamina starters. I think only one of them's a four and the other one's a three. So that should put enough pressure on the pen if, there is actual competition for the for the playoff spots. And again, Glenn has to actually fire all the guys at full throttle rather than holding back and being able to throw away a couple of wins. So to me, that that's probably the only thing the league could hope for is between age and the low stamina guys. Maybe St. Louis runs out of gas and wins, you know, 93 instead of 103. But I mean, this this team cannot miss the playoffs. There's too many weapons. I think that's a really interesting point about the the level of competition, right? With nine teams, it should be competitive, not only for the first spot in each division, but for two, three, four, it's, it's like you said, teams aren't going to be able to just take their, take their foot off the gas, like in August and just coast the rest of the way. Cause they built like a 25 game lead. I mean, Glenn, do you think there are any weaknesses? And the oldest team. I'm the oldest team by, yeah, by a, a, a wide margin, and my catching platoon is 37.5. <laughs> I think age and injury are like are big risks for me, and I think the other big risk is the one that I mentioned a moment ago, which is that you know it could be that in the new game, four stuff, and you know having three pitches, five four three isn't isn't good, right? And and so if that's true, then you know then it's time for some changes. Yeah. So, so maybe a bigger issue is actually my backup, Mill May, used Took to be some downgrades. Yes, yeah, yes, he's unplayable. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, say, well, save save him for the World Series, dude. <laughs> Didn't did he win the World Series <laughs> right, for you? Right. Yes, dude. Yes, his nickname did. right here is fucking A. Mill right. May. Yeah. Mil yeah, fucking ten, A May. Yes, yes. It was the tip that came in game seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, he used to be nine nine for a ten overall, and you know, 
five five six or five six six, and now he's four four six, thirty eight years old, and his defense isn't even as good. So, so, so yeah. So the catching position, yeah, that's the one I I, I worry about. So I'm looking at your lineup. It doesn't look that old to me, Dyke. So you, let's go through it. Dykstra, 27. Ricky yeah. Henderson's 30. Pasqua, yep. 28. Yeah. Sitzer is 27. Alvin yeah. Davis, 29. Yeah. Uh, then there's Porter's 37. Tony Phillips is 29. And then Templeton is 33. So most of them are in the 27 to 29 range. They just seem old because the core of this team has kind of been Since there for 83. Yeah, five yeah. years. So yeah, they just they, started started super young. So I had LA, much like St. Louis, they have almost no weaknesses. They were not the number one pitching team last year, which is the first time in many years that they weren't. But they are projected to be number one again this year, particularly if they get a full, Last year you had some injuries, Beard and Darling, I think were the big ones. And Well, you, had, you only had Beard half the year, and then you had um, Darling was out for most of the year. By my notes, it says the... Worst starter by my my cursory look looks to be Bruce Hurst. He's a five seven eight. That's better than half the league's aces. You added Luis DeLeon. I think he's better than Lee Smith. He's probably taking over the closer role from Lee. You added Dave Lapointe. The same ratings essentially as Hurst. So uh, as usual, you've got stud starters just hanging out, ready to come in if there's an injury. Six or seven starters that can come in and post a three point one ERA or whatever. Also, on the offensive side, all eight of your position players are in the top half, which is pretty stunning. Jay Bell, the shortstop, and Andy Van Slyke are in the top three. And you're projected to come in third in home runs, which is, I think that's unusual, especially since you're in such a pitcher's park. All right, so weaknesses. Obviously, there's not a lot. There's a couple things that uh, that I that kind of jumped out at me. The team is projected to come in 15th in average so their contact isn't that great they're not going to get on base a lot so maybe that's where the reliance in the home runs is going to, is going to kick in and then i think the bottom of the order if there's a weakness i think mike Sosha, the catcher batting seventh he hit 283 last year but i think he kind of overperformed and robbie thompson the second baseman kind of an untested rookie so you might see the production drop off a bit there when you get to the bottom the system is seventh overall, which seems good on paper, but if you look closely at it, your top two prospects, Larry Walker and Tino Martinez, are they're both 22 years old and they're quite undeveloped, so it's not clear that they will... Potential looks great for both of them, but Larry Walker was very undercooked and Tino Martinez is as well, so they might not get to their full potential. So that seventh overall ranking, I feel like it needs an asterisk next to it. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Game has you at 95 wins. That seems right about right. I think 90 is kind of like the floor. I think like St. Louis, there's almost no chance that these two teams won't make the playoffs. In the West, it's really like who else? Who's the third team going to be besides LA and St. Louis? I did spot one final weakness, and it is surprisingly the league's worst cleanup hitter. Usually is on one of the lower ranking teams. But after taking a careful look, I'm nominating that prestigious award to Corey Snyder, LA's cleanup hitter, who hit only 11 home runs last year. Five players had more home runs than he had. His OPS was only 702, and his war was 0.2. I'm picking Corey Snyder as my league's worst cleanup hitter. 
that's what I have on LA. Do you guys have any thoughts on St. Louis, LA comparisons? They must be very close overall, right? I have two ratings points separating the two teams. I'm only one point behind on pitching, and I'm nine points ahead by lineup. But where Pete way surpasses me is his defense is much better. Most power in the league I have is LA, and that most OBP I have St. Louis. Yes, and St. Louis has a speed advantage for sure as well. Like the the game has L- St. Louis third in stolen bases this year. That's the projection, and LA thirteenth. So obviously not not prioritizing speed. The formula is walking home runs. That's it. I <laughs> my formula <laughs> yeah, right, right. is right, always right. the the fewest hits needed, the better. The fewer hits needed, the better. And, and that's partially because I'm on a in a pitcher's park. Maybe if I was in Seattle, I would take that the strategy that team has but in my park i just don't see too many guys hitting 310 320 so building around contact always seems silly it's like let one guy walk and hopefully the next guy hits a home run and then the pitchers hold and you win three to two and that's it the closer situation may end up changing i'm still not sure if the game works more like real life where you're actually in more pressure in the seventh and eighth inning so if I put DeLeon there, is he going to more likely to come in with, you know, man on second and third and I'm up one run and I need a shutdown guy where the ninth inning very often is clean. You know, bases are empty. You're coming in clean. So Lee Smith could hand, has been able to handle that. If the game doesn't work like real life, I'll swap him and DeLeon can go close. But that was my thought process there is just often I see the not the closer coming in in high stress situations, but the guy actually before him. Right, you're usually pulling your starter right when the other team is threatening to tie or or take the lead. I'd rather have DeLeon in those situations, but I don't know if the game works that way. And then, and then just for our listeners, why Gary Lucas, the five nine nine pitcher, is uh, nowhere to be found on your roster. What, what's up? <laughs> we with, just what's talked up, about that. What's up with Gary Lucas? Yeah, I think he fell in the shower, or fell down the stairs, <laughs> something nuts for like two months. He's out. Uh, he's got yeah. four yeah. more weeks left. Let it says d- dislocated shoulder, bruised ribs, lacerated finger. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe it was a shower incident. I don't know if there are any St. Louis players involved, but yeah. yeah, it was a shower incident. We tossed in the banana peel, apparently. When he comes back, hopefully that means the seventh and eighth inning are safe with Lucas and DeLeon, and then Lee Smith just has to clean up. Charlie, you have any thoughts on uh, St. Louis or LA? No, they're they're both gonna go to the playoffs and blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any closing thoughts? Any predictions for is anyone other than Gooden and uh, and Bonds gonna win the uh, Cy Young MVP? I'm gonna say Saberhagen again. I say Saberhagen every year. Yeah, yeah. I think it's close. Saberhagen and Bonds. I I don't. And Bonds is way too good right now. Yeah, yeah he's crazy. ridiculous. We got the 30-year-old Bonds. Eight years yeah. early, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, pulling for, I'm pulling for Ellis Burks. I think Ellis Burks is the there one guy who who could put up, uh, who could give Bonds a run for a minute. You know, maybe Bonds falls in the shower or something. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the other guy could be Trammell. I mean, if Chicago somehow puts it all together. Trammell has always been an MVP contender. I mean, he's definitely had MVP-esque numbers, but for whatever reason, the game doesn't want to give the award to him. 
He led the league in war three times. I don't think he won an MVP any of those times, did he? He had 11 war three times out of four years, and he didn't win an MVP any of those three years. There's no way he'll win an MVP with like a nine war. Any rookie of the year predictions? Tomlin? Tomlin. Yeah, definitely. Well, is Frank, Frank Thomas Frank in the Thomas? league? Is he yeah, in the yeah, league? Frank is Thomas he start? is starting? Yeah, yeah, Thomas is his his ratings are incredible. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a one two rate. I, I mean, I don't even know who the third pick was. I don't remember. The one two picks were just so good. Dude, my World Series solid. pick, I'm I'm going for Toronto, dude. Because think of like last year how good his team was. <laughs> but he he didn't have Mike Jackson because he was injured. So now he gets Mike Jackson back. And then he traded for Jose Mesa. Or he got Jose Mesa somewhere who got upgraded. And then he traded for Nichols and Machado. So, he, you know, so we just talked about, oh, uh, <laughs> about how LA Vase has the best closer, but is using him as a stopper. Well, that's a 24 rated guy. And I think Dibble is the only other 24-rated closer, right? So there's two guys in the league that are 24s. Well, Mesa and Jackson both add to 23, and I think both of their potential tops out at 24 now. So so he could, by the end of the season, have Mm -hmm. two of the four best back-end relievers in the entire league allied to the clearly best offense in the entire league. Mm. So, so I mean, to me, that guy is just, and of course, good. And Sanders and five, who got five times Cy Young winner. Yeah. 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 yeah you're so, right. That's pretty scary. And Mace is only 22. So he's only going to get better. Michael Jackson's 24. So yes, I, I think you're yes. right. Toronto, Toronto might, might be the, the team to beat. He addressed his weakness like nobody else. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. So I think we're all picking Toronto to win the whole thing. So congrats to. Uh... <laughs> oh, come on. Pete, who do you, who do you pick, bro? He never said. I still think St. Louis. Uh, really? I can't yeah. believe that. I can't believe that. But okay. I'll take it. How about you, Charlie? What did you say? You said Toronto? I, I think Toronto is the team to beat. Damn. Tim, you said Toronto too, right? I think so. Now that I look at it. It's, uh, Maybe we jinxed him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think still Toronto's lack of defense in the playoffs maybe just enough. Right, the games are a little bit tighter. A lot yeah, more one-run yeah. games. You're not winning ten to five. There's a lot of five-four games, even with good offenses. True, I think that still shows up in the playoffs. And but, he doesn't have Milt May. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Also, Good Gooden's innings are insane. Yeah, will I agree. It, you know when will it catch up with him? Right, he's not Iron Man, so he's not Larry Dirk, yeah. and he's durable rated, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's correct. That's the other concern: is how many more innings does he have in his arm? He's he's led the league in innings pitched uh, four years in a row, two seventy last year. He had two eighty seven a few years back. <laughs> yeah, those, I mean those numbers get scary. Well. I know he's only 25, so it's not like I'm predicting he's going to take some huge downgrade, but is his first injury coming anytime soon? You're not predicting. You're just just hoping. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, Saberhagen went down exactly at the wrong time. I know. You get one of those with Gooden, and Toronto looks very different to everybody. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, Toronto will be there. I mean, the four teams I think we talked about it will all. Being the playoffs, it's Washington yeah, once, being the fourth. 
Yeah. Don't in the lock. east, are we thinking? Are we thinking the third place is between uh, Detroit and Manhattan? Those are the top. Detroit, Manhattan, battling out for third. Uh, I think Manhattan finishes third. I don't know okay. if anyone's battling. Uh, you okay. you do okay. okay. I think Detroit right. will beat them out. Oh, well, I think okay. yeah. I think like you said, Detroit just has too many counting too on too many fiction. untested guys. Yeah. And you know, if a couple of those guys have rough starts to their careers, you know, it could hurt them. And then in the West, what are we thinking? Who comes in third in the West? What are your ratings say, Glenn? My ratings say Denver. Oh, Denver. Okay. Yeah. But 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 keep in mind here. So I have so of the top nine, right? So you cut the league in half, the top nine, six of them are in the West. Yeah. So LA St. Louis and then Denver, San Francisco, Atlanta, Chicago. Okay. And remember that my ratings discount Seattle. So I haven't mentioned Seattle. That's right. Right. That's so, right. so you got to yeah. fix. So now that's really five teams contending for the third spot. Right. 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 Yeah. So se- September, September is going to be super exciting then because they'll, <laughs> they'll be awesome. maybe seven teams in the running. And also one note on the schedule is the way the schedule works. Remember it used to be the last, what was it? The last 12 games were divisional games. Now it's the last, it's the last 24 you play every team in your division three times in the last month. One game series, a new twist to the to the end of the year. And how, and then is it the division winners make the playoffs in the next five, or is it three from each division? Three from each division. The pennant winner gets the bye, and then and then uh, the twos will play the threes. Ah, so there'll be a lot of good teams left out. All right. Any closing thoughts, Charlie? You got anything? Mm, nope. Nope. Did we talk about Seattle? <laughs> wait is lance is lance still in the league <laughs> dude dude I'm-